Welcome to the No Palabras podcast. I am Yahanetsi. I'm Maria Jose. And I am Evelyn, where we center texts by BIPOC writers and creators. Join us as we indulge over our love of books, hold each other accountable to unlearning, and talk shit about things that matter to us. And should matter to you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the No Palabras podcast. Um, it's been a it's been a little minute since at least we've gotten together. You know, yeah, that's true. It hasn't because yeah. we just like posted recently, like this week. So it's just like we're recording like in November. Um, but it's nice to see all of y'all again. It's been a while since we've caught up. I know. I feel like there's been a lot going on for all of us. Yeah, like that's a lot. very true. Everybody, everybody's life picked up real quick, <laughs> like yeah, real which quick. Which is why it's taken a while. <laughs> yes. What do you tell us? What you got going on, Evelyn? Oh my God, grad school. I just, it's a whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, mm. it's a whole thing. It's, I like it because I'm learning all the things that mm-hmm. like, I I want to learn about. But also, I'm like, ugh. And my cohort is, like, white. I mean, it's Oregon, so what do I expect? Mm. But but there's only, like, I'm one of two people of color. So that sucks. Are you at least friends with the other person? Not really, because (laughs) we are, like, fully remote. Oh. um, And he, like, lives in Portland. So. (laughs) He's. Yeah, like, well, there's no way that we could get together. But um, but I did join the um, Students of Color Collective for the social work school. Oh, wow. So that was really cool. Um, got to make new, like, connections and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, it's been a wild ride, especially because my f- whenever first classes is, like, social justice. And that was fun. Tell <laughs> I'm like, tell us about that fun that you're having. No, it was horrible. No, I'm just kidding. No, it wasn't horrible. Um, It's just, you know, I mean, when you're like in a room full of white people talking about social justice, like the conversation doesn't really like go deeper, right? It's kind of very surface. Yeah, surface level. And it's just like, like, what am I getting out of this? Like nothing. Like I already know like all these things and, you know, and like I... I would have loved to go deeper. The instructor's great. Um, she's a white woman, but um, she's great. So, mm-hmm. like, I feel like I can, like, talk to her more deeply about the stuff, but yeah. it's also, like, can you just give me an A right yeah. now? And, like, <laughs> not have to do this, please? No, I completely understand that. And I guess, like, I can give my update because I've also been doing grad school, you know, just casually. I just I just put on an outfit and, like, show up. Like, that's what I do. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, like, it's been the same. Like, actually, like, same and then not same. Um, because, like, there's only actually, like, three white people in my program. So there's only three white folks. But basically, like, all of the faculty in the program is white. And we have, Mm -hmm. like, one of two, like, professors of color who are, like, black women. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's, like, an adjunct, so we're not going to see her next semester. And it's, like, I'm taking, like, emerging issues in higher education and then the history of higher education. And y'all saw on social media how I was beefing with them via this discussion post because I called them out and we still haven't really talked about it so like for the listeners I feel that like even though like they're the cohort is still like predominantly people of color and predominantly women of color like despite that like makeup of the classroom like the burden of the emotional and intellectual labor being done within the classroom is like burden to us mm-hmm. like it's just like you said like white people don't really engage when they do engage it's not anything meaningful it's more of like clarification and like that clarification doesn't lead to any more discussion so like the only people who are critically interrogating text or critically thinking about like text versus like what's happening right now on college campuses are like the students of color and it's just like um, it's like really draining to always be the one that's carrying classroom discussions because yeah. it's just like at the end of the day, like you said, like I don't need to be having these conversations because this is the life that I experience. Like this is my everyday life. Like issues of race, issues of gender, right, sexuality. Like mm-hmm. as a queer woman, like I already think about a lot of 
like I, I don't leave these things just in the classroom you know mm-hmm. and it's just like even though I can't leave them within the classroom I'm burdened to like over talk about these and then the white people all they get to do is be like yeah I heard this like girl talk about her experience and then I get to leave you know so it's yeah. just like it's a lot but I feel you it's a hard place to be in <laughs> yeah that's kind of <clears throat> what happened like two classes or is it not last class the class before that where people were like what asking like the people of color like tell us about your i'm like no i'm not going to like that's i'm like i'm uncomfortable by the question and i'm not gonna answer it dang girl they be saying some (laughs) out-of-pocket ass shit like literally last this week that just passed there were these girls like these people were presenting like on gun violence on college campuses because we got to choose like a topic. So they talked about like mass shootings on like college campuses and they were talking about like factors that lead to gun violence. First thing that's on there, mental health. I was just like, okay, we're stigmatizing mental health, but then we keep going. And then it's just like poverty leads to gun violence. And I was just like, you're like how like what i was like what the what i wish people could see my face because i was just like bro like you really and we had already called you out so we know you're problematic as hell but you decide to say that like and then they said social inequities so if you experience social inequities and you're poor this leads to gun violence and i was just like what are we doing What, what are we what are we doing here? Like, and this is why I don't fuck with white women. And this is also why I was so ready to talk about queer girls in my class or whatever. Because it got me riled up <laughs> again. It got me all riled up. And I stay choosing <laughs> violence every day with these white women. Because I'm just yeah. like, somebody needs to call them I out. Can't. Yeah, no, for reals. One of the, what happened in my class? So one of the groups, because we broke out into groups, was like, talking about some articles and stuff about like race and stuff and like we came back to the bigger group this is all in zoom um we came back to the bigger group and they're like oh like we're gonna report back on what we talked about and they were like oh we did a thought experiment experiment about like what it would be like to be a person of color no in like no. what Exactly. I was not. Like, we did a thought seri- experiment. Exactly. I was like, "Are you serious?" Like, I was. You should see my. Fa- like, I could not contain my face. I would have like, left what? the Zoom and call. Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. Like, deuces. Yeah. No. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I can't. I can't. And then I got like an uh, like, and then I was like pretty upset about it, and I was like, "That's fucked up," and like, I didn't say anything else after that, but, um. And then I got an email from this white woman in my cohort who was like, I'm so sorry if what I said uh, was hurtful. Oh, no. And, like, and then wanted to talk about it. Uh -uh. And I was like, I'm not going to talk about it with, like, what? You want to talk about your feelings again? Like, like, Yeah, see, like, um, I'll... I'll try to share this, like, so that if people want to know the cheesme on the podcast Instagram, they can know the cheesme. But, like, similar happened to where it's just, like, I posted my issues with the class on, like, a discussion post, like, on Sunday, two days before class. And I told them, I was just, like, I don't care to engage with you in this discussion if you don't read this article that I sent you. Like, if you don't read Yoso's article, I do not care to engage because, like, you need to read this to have foundation to engage in intentional discussion. They showed up. Did they read the article? No. They were pressed. They were like, why didn't you just tell us in person in class versus like the discussion post? And I was like, it was to spare your white fragility. And I was giving you grace so that you didn't react, that you responded intentionally. And even at that, you're still reacting. And we still haven't really addressed this. So we're just like floating in class. We're just like, I'm straight chilling because like, I know I'm not a racist. You know, I know I'm not problematic in that same way. I'm like, y'all got shit to deal with. But I'm like, the audacity, the audacity of of these people, literally, I'm like, we'd fight. The the cacacity. Mm-hmm. I need a shirt that says that. (laughs) Like, there's this person on um, 
on TikTok that sells like you know how like there's like a colonizer shirt and it's like in a sports like team font to like reclaim when people would wear like Native American or use Native Americans like as like freaking like mascots for teams Mm -hmm. and I want to get this sweatshirt and just wear it and I'm just like it's at you because it has like a white man on it Mm -hmm. and so it's just so funny because I'm just like they need to start because it's also tiring to always have to be the one that calls them out or the one they hit Mm -hmm. you up and be like um can we have a conversation on how I've been problematic like no I called you out learn on your own unless you're gonna pay me bitch because like like I'm gonna send you an invoice. Right. <laughs> you need to add me to your payroll. You need to add me as a consultant to your life because I'm not doing this shit for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what you should say. Be like, sure, as if you give me money. Right. Like, which is yeah. So funny enough, when I was in grad school, uh, we had a predominantly POC group of people too, and I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before too. So I won't go into many details, but. Um, we set that president at the beginning of the, of the, of the grad school life. We were like, we're not going to do that work. Don't ask us. If you do, expect to pay us. I mean, because the majority of us were POC and pretty already at that level, um, the white people kind of took it well, I think. I think we were very, very, like, lucky, um, to have the cohort we had because, we actually ended up bonding a lot with the white people in a very productive way. And they're, they're good people that I still talk to to this day because they didn't react that same way. They weren't, like, crying. They weren't like, oh, give me... No, we were like, no, learn on your own. And they did. Yeah. Which is a one in a thousand millions chance. Yeah. Doesn't, that doesn't mm-hmm. always happen. No. Because... And, like, listening to you, Evelyn, and I also have other friends in grad school who are going through the same thing, where programs are hella white, expecting students of color to do that labor, and it's just like, then why why am I in this program if I'm doing the teaching? Like, if I'm going to be the teaching, I better be getting how much this professor is getting, because um, you're not really teaching nobody. You're not even facilitating the classroom, you know? I'm, like... If, if I'm doing that labor, like, I need to be compensated because this is not going on my resume or my CV that I'm literally teaching this class, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to be getting something out of it. Not that it's okay that I still have to do this labor, but, like, if I'm not getting anything anything out of it, I'm like... Especially happening? when it's at such a surface level. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be rough. But um, not that anybody listening to this, it doesn't mean you shouldn't go to grad school. That's not what we're saying or promoting. We need more uh, representation within this Mm -hmm. classroom because I definitely feel that like the more we start entering these spaces, the more uncomfortable white people will become. And through uncomfortability, white people fix their shit. Cause I don't give a fuck yeah. about your white tears. Like I don't give a fuck about you getting pressed. Like if I'm making you uncomfortable, that's going to push you to doing fixing your shit. Cause, cause at this point, this idea of respectability politics, like it, it needs to be out the window. Like, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna call you out and I'm gonna make you uncomfortable because at the end of the day, this classroom was made to center your comfortability, anyways, not mine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Sorry, and I- if we've been doing it for the last like 20 some years you can do it for one motherfucking classroom exactly mm-hmm. exactly so i'm like mm. i'm sorry i i was like riled up this morning i'm just like here i am again being angry but i don't give a fuck <laughs> that's fine it's welcome in this space <laughs> what do you got going on your Hennessy? maybe you have a more uh, bring a us to a more positive light yeah positive. <laughs> that is never something you should put on <laughs> Girl, you don't know. You know I don't bring no positive shit. Um, <clears throat> I haven't had any fun microaggressions recently. <laughs> Not fun microaggressions. I hate you. I've had a few. What's going on in your life? <laughs> I've had a few. Um, but you know that's normal. Um, nothing new here. I'm still, you know, older, and <laughs> I'm still with grad school. <laughs> I'm done with grad school. Uh, I'm just watching y'all, enjoying y'all's lives. <laughs> um, funny enough, uh, not that this is relevant, 
because by the time this is published, it won't matter anymore. But I'm going to get to see Maria Jose yes. soon. So that's exciting. Um, this is finally. <laughs> in person, yeah. yeah. I'll get to, we'll actually get to meet in person. Because yeah. we've never met in person. <laughs> no. So we'll see you this weekend. But yeah. besides that, I'm, I'm alive. I'm kicking. Randomly sad. But you know, that's normal. That. I feel that, yes. And actually, <laughs> I was just going to say, like, this higher ed conversation is a good-ish transition to the reading mm-hmm. that we have today, mm-hmm. because this actually came out of a higher ed office, so I'll introduce the reading. <laughs> today, we read a Student's Guide to Radical Healing, which is actually <clears throat> um, more of a walk like a like a journal ish it's got a lot of good information in regards to healing and trauma but which trigger warning uh right here right i don't know if we'll actually get into a lot of the details of trauma but just so you know please be aware that that's what we kind of read about today um but this was actually written by um a center at unlv what's their name wow I don't forget. I forgot their name, which is horrible. But uh, and I'll when I look it up, the name will be with mm-hmm. like tagged. So don't worry about it. But it's at UNLV, and actually one of our Katie Kai sisters was part of it. Mm-hmm. Her name's Brenda, and she's actually really freaking amazing. Um, and yeah, it talks about healing and kind of journals. It gives you a lot of cute little pictures with nopales on it. And gives you journal prompts and how to, um, how to reflect in a way that's not shameful to yourself. So yeah, we'll get into the details of everything. But, but yeah. <laughs> I love the little. But thank you for introducing this, and also like, uh, thank you for bringing this to us. Right, I feel the like. Even, like, the beginning of this passage starts off with, like, thank you for making your way to this guide, right? Which is something that I feel that, like, in a lot of anything, right, the relationship between the reader and the writers is, like, very, like, very dividing, right? And here it's, like, very inviting and, like, thanking you for coming across this, which is something that you don't normally see in writings, right? It seems more of, like an invitation to engage with what's in this like sort of guide instead of being like let me tell you how to heal right it's just like let me invite you on how to maybe walk through this journey with like you know yeah yeah i think it it's like really cute and like like really good like laid out in terms of that it's really nice i was like oh i felt really good like going through it it's going to bother me. I need to find the name. Just give me a sec. Keep talking. I think it says it on the end, right? Oh, does it? Says, it? Um, of course it does. UNLV.edu <laughs> Care Center. Care Center. Ugh. There we go. Um, it's the Care Center. There we go. Their center is actually really cool. They do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I was really, I didn't look them up, but I thought the guide was really cute and really well done, actually. Because um, I feel like some, like like Maria has said, like, I feel like sometimes it's kind of like, oh, here you go, like, here's yeah. how to help yourself, like, and not, not really, like, any, um, in any, like, actual way, I feel like. Um, and this one really talks about different um different things that I don't think have that I've seen on like a guide like this before and just like for those of you it seems like this guide is for um uh survivors um I'm assuming Mm -hmm. of maybe SA or Mm. DV yes I think so Yeah, so it was really good that it had different forms of, like, healing. Yeah. Something that I feel like I was going to share is that, and then you don't see a lot, especially, like, stuff that is coming directly from universities, 
is like the including of like accessible like media content like pages which I feel like nowadays like social media has such a big part right I feel like we all consume some sort of content like on a regular basis so I feel that like it's something small that you can do for yourself following pages that are going to remind you um that you know like you like things to heal about right um because like we might not think about it or I definitely didn't think about it until now that like I follow like Latina pages and sometimes just being able to pause and like laugh at a meme that has like is relevant to my experiences but then on the other end like there's a lot of pages that I follow that are just like mija like keep going like sigue lechando ganas like reminders like that or something that like you followed them unintentionally but then when you're having a rough day you get to be like oh dang like let me have this reminder or let me do this journal prompt like um so it's feel like something that you can simply like and like you said there's like healing on multiple levels because for me the content is easy because I'm always on my phone but then also have like books and stuff which healing books to me are kind of hard to read I like never follow through with them unfortunately yeah same I've had the I forgot what it's called it's got a blue cover it's the body like, keeps the score yes yeah everybody's like read it, it. <laughs> <laughs> yep i bought it it's sitting there i even promised a friend i would read it with her but both of us are like nope <laughs> yeah. like it's just it's, a tough it's hard book. it's hard to read it um it's a tough book yeah and i think this like we were talking about i think this guide is it's a good level to start with like to be like, we're going to talk about trauma, but we're not going to talk about trauma. <laughs> like, the details, like... Yeah. Yeah, because that, that book can be really triggering if you're not ready to, like, mm. it. Um, it's a great book, but also, I mean, I still have some criticisms about it. But yeah. Yeah, I haven't later. read it all, but, like, my therapist was just, like, just keep in mind that, like, it'll require a lot of reflection on your part, a lot at the same... like like throughout these pages you'll do a lot of reflection that maybe you're not used to or comfortable with so like the book can just like bring up a lot of tr past traumas that like and it can be sort of paralyzing when you're reflecting on so much shit that you have going on that it can be like sort of consuming because you're just like well fuck what is going correct in my life or like you reflect on like your childhood and then you're like well mm -hmm. fuck this is why i'm fucked up and you know sometimes those types of like reflections are necessary and i think they're very necessary for growth but it's just like sometimes we're not in spaces like in our lives where we can just sit with the residue of that right and then like yeah. bounce back because i know that like for me at least that's what a lot of these types of like books reveal to me like i'm like should i have a lot to work on not only in myself mm -hmm. but in my community and so it's just like sometimes I can feel very consuming because I'm just like, well, I don't know where to even start or how to keep it pushing because I'm like, it's a lot. And I think it's, it's this book should have like a read with therapist type thing because like or read with coping mechanisms already in place or some shit like that because if it's going to be to the point where it's like, oh, this is going to trigger the fuck out of you, how are we supposed to bounce back from that? Um, I've been in places where, like, things will shut me down for days, and it's not even something I read. It's just something that was inside my head, right? So, like, how am I going to actually self-trigger on purpose from a book and then harm myself that way and then not not have something safe to fall back or something to bring me back, right? Because I'm not trying to shut down for five days. I got shit to do. Um, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. uh, so I'm like, uh, mm, 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 we should read it with the therapist so the therapist can be like, hey, come back or something. Um, but anyways, back to the healing guy. No, but I was just going <laughs> to add, like, I feel like that's important to know about yourself like that is a lot of like self-awareness that a lot of people don't have right because mm -hmm. i feel like even for me like i was going to therapy every week and like this week i finally told my therapist i was just like yo can we do this like bi-weekly because like being so like always reflecting and like processing and like unlearning like that gets really tiring especially like 
with like everything that I have going on, I was just like, I have therapy on Wednesday, then I'm reflective all through the weekend, which is like my productive time. Because that's when I catch up on homework and anything that I didn't do. And then I'm like in a slump. And then I start being productive on Monday when like school and classes start. But then it's just like mm-hmm. Wednesday again. And I'm like, fuck, like I'm, I never have time to be like, chill the fuck out you know um so i had to i had to cut down on my therapy and it's not a bad thing you know it's it's just like being honest kind of balancing yeah yeah kind of where you're at Mm -hmm. i mean i kind of was in the same boat a while ago during the pandemic because i was like doing therapy and then i transitioned to like group therapy and then i was also doing couples counseling and so like it was like a lot and then i was like and then i also work in like trauma right like i'm a sexual Uh, assault like like advocate like supporter for survivors and so like it was like a lot and i was like oh crap maybe i shouldn't be doing yeah and you're in grad school more trauma yeah so now i'm like now i'm down to like my group and that's it for now yeah i was like i can't that's good it's too much funny enough um not funny enough sorry i'm very awkward um (laughs) i i did i have something similar where like at the beginning of my therapy sessions i would just like afterwards just shut down for the rest of the day and i and my wife would have to like feed me food (laughs) Yeah. Not like in the mouth, but she would be like, here's some food. Because that's all I could do. Um, and I feel like I've gotten to the point where I can recover a little faster now because I've been dealing with my shutdowns and my triggers and my trauma for so long that I, instead of shutting down for like a week, I shut down for like a day and a half and I could come back, right? I can bring myself back much faster now, luckily. But I've recently started to, I think my therapist has like noticed that so she's learning to balance my sessions better where so i don't shut down for the rest of the day (laughs) because i'm like bitch i i gotta do things like and so we've talked about that and recently i had a therapy session where i was able to come back and um not shut down immediately but um but yeah at the beginning i was like and i'm done for the day mind off tv watched don't no emotions like i'm very like like i'm just shut off completely i can't function i can't it's like a numb like i can't work i can only watch tv and i can eat because food and i need to eat um you know and i'll randomly cry but like it'll be like you know what i mean like i just can't like i can't function and um yeah, so it's it's been easier as it goes along, but it's really hard still mm. to be like deal with your childhood trauma. Yeah, and then go to work, bitch. Go to yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cause yeah. girl, I have therapy at nine a.m. on Wednesdays. Like so, Wednesday. That's horrible. Yeah. Well, That's like not, I feel like no. now I've gotten used to it being so early in the day that like I'm okay. But like I feel that with everything I have going on, the reason that like therapy has been sort of overwhelming for me because of the reflection is because like I don't have time to sit after therapy and be like let me breathe it's like Mm. therapy's done move on to the next thing move on to the Mm -hmm. next thing move on to the next thing right because I just have so much on my plate that I'm just like I don't have time to just be like let's reflect on what happened it's more of like I avoid it but then it becomes because I'm avoiding it because I have all this other shit to get done Mm -hmm. it just becomes like overwhelming because I'm just like I know I have to cry it out or do a coping mechanism but I just don't have time to do that um which like sucks you know but here we are here we are (laughs) At least we're in therapy. That's girl, girl. <laughs> let's let's normalize that for a minute. Exactly. Let's normalize that for a minute. Three Mexican queer women are in therapy. Right. Because guess what, y'all? We're all broken. <laughs> and it's just like it takes a lot of like it takes a long time for people to come to the therapy <clears throat> conversation. And therapy isn't for everybody, people. We need mm-hmm. to be engaging with unlearning and healing from our traumas you know whatever works for you but some people don't even get to this point where they're like i have shit to deal with some people are just like avoid 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 and then i'm like how you living through life like that like we're socialized to do that literally i 
I don't want to say it's a Mexican thing, but it feels like a Mexican yeah. thing because maybe that's who, who like the, the the world that I live in. So I'm going to yeah. talk for my not for YouTube, but for myself, like that's literally like for the family. I feel like I grew up in and plus like any other Mexicans I met, I was like, damn, y'all, why don't we talk to each other? Why are we so avoidant? So I feel like that's also como se dice? like sewed into who we are as fucking people that I'm just mm-hmm. like. Of course, we're never going to fix our shit. Yeah. We're not even talking to each other. We're just going to talk about each other, talk behind each other's backs, talk shit about mm-hmm. each other, and then come to each other's faces and be like, I love you. So bullshit. Like, it's literally sewed into who the fuck we are. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have all this, like, avoidant, like, like thing. Yeah. yeah, because that's who we're made to be. Like, it's so toxic. It is. And <laughs> crying. I like, starts crying. No. <laughs> no. No. We said that we were trying to chill on therapy, and here we are talking about all the feelings. Like, we get off of this call, and we're gonna be like schlump, like fuck, like what the fuck am I gonna do now? But I think these conversations are like important, and like you're very right to say that like they're not normalized. Like even in groups like that, I am. I'm the only person in those groups that is going to therapy, and I'm just like, I believe everybody has work to do because there's no person that I've come across who doesn't have work to do on themselves and Mm -hmm. like maybe therapy is not your thing but you got to find something because I think about myself and other things like it's almost like my one year like therapy like anniversary um that I've been going to therapy consistently every week for like a year and like I think about who I was like a year ago and who I am now and I'm just like even within that year span like there's been so many versions of myself that I'm just like I'm very thankful for the version of myself that I am now. And I'm like, I could not have gotten here without my therapist, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, she's always just like, but you're the one doing the work. And I'm just like, yeah, but like coming to therapy is like my accountability to do my healing work. Cause otherwise like I would not be doing it. Like considering how busy I am, like I would not be engaging in healing if I did not commit to going to therapy, you know? yeah no that's so true i think it's important for us to like talk about it and yeah like i feel like i i mean i know some people that are in therapy but for the most part like yeah most people that i know are not in therapy and i'm like well like you need to find some form of healing at some point like (laughs) you know just because i'm like i'm dealing over here going to therapy putting up boundaries because of other people's (laughs) like stuff (laughs) too so i'm like so funny enough i'm trying to think Ooh, before i forget um i'm <coughs> we should do like a christmas like book exchange like between the three of us oh that would be so like yeah. i'll send like evelyn That'd like i'll fun. send you a book that i feel like would be good for you to read or like that i think that you would like and then mm-hmm. similar like to yahanetti and then y'all do the same okay and we can do it for christmas uh if y'all cool. want to do it, I'm also not pressuring anybody. I no, know. I, I'm like, let me not get ahead of myself. And then we could share them on the podcast, like the books that we got each other. It could be like a little like. Check in for Christmas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love to do that. That's cute. Let's talk yeah. about it on the group chat. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm I was getting, getting over. You were like dying. You were like. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting over a fucking cold. I'm fine. I'm just. Uh, it's the end of it it's gross anyways i forgot what i was gonna say okay in regards to what we're talking about because we keep saying like oh people gotta find other forms of healing and in my brain even i think it's because i was immersed in the trauma world too for like a few years right um i worked with evelyn like at the recovery center like that was like and i was there for what a year or two i don't even fucking know one year and then i worked as a essay um, person at a campus so I talked about consent and all those things so I was in the world for like three years and then I was like I'm out <laughs> that was enough <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore and so so my mind is very much like we need therapy like y'all need to work your shit out like when you work in this world of trauma you develop the the language, which I think is what I'm thankful for. Is like mm-hmm. we develop the words, we develop the self awareness because we're surrounded by it for fucking eight to ten hours a day. So it's great. But now 
us being like people if you're not going to get therapy get something else i'm trying to think of like what's that something else right Mm -hmm. i think for me before therapy it was books right Mm -hmm. uh it was like books were healing to me um and then that wasn't enough so i was like oh shit i I need i need something else um and so we tell people like okay you're not do therapy but do something else like what is that something else so like how else can people become self-aware or how else can people actually heal because we are not socialized we're not given those tools those those language that we're not given like because we know as humans we're so fucking toxic like how else are we going to heal unless we're actually given that language Mm -hmm. so so even though we're like saying that i'm trying to i'm asking like what what else people like what else is there it's a valid question Mm -hmm. and the reason that i say that like therapy is not for everybody because like i think of like friends that i have who are like like for example like even for like myself like i'm queer like i'm fat like i'm the daughter of immigrants and it's just like therapy that i've done before like who people who weren't culturally informed or culturally responsive like when i had a white therapist like it was very damaging because it's just like i had to explain my experiences or like the feedback that i would get back wasn't something that was responsive to what i needed in that moment Mm -hmm. so it's just like sometimes therapy like the therapists that people have access to like engaging with therapists who are white or who are cis or who do not understand like the queer experience or the trans experience or like the experiences of people of color like Mm -hmm. it can be more damaging to go to those types of therapists because it's like an invalidating situation or like you spent most of your session just explaining to them why you feel the way you feel and i feel like in cases like that therapy isn't the option right what Mm -hmm. i offer as maybe like an alternative or like something else that people can engage with right and as i think that's something that like is talked about a little bit in here there's like that's like self-care wheel um or like the healing uh oh this one's a a a mood journal but like i feel that a lot of things that i have gotten out of therapy has been coping skills Mm mm-hmm And it's just, like, I know what I need to do to cope in different emotionally, like, heavy situations. And it's just, like, for me, it's, like, engaging in art is always healing. Reading a book is always healing. Journaling or writing is always healing for me, right? So it's, like, understanding the ways that, like, you are, like, able to cope through things I think are important. Like, for some of my friends, like, that healing comes, like, from community circles or, like, community organizing or Mm -hmm. community sharing, right? I don't think that I found that in Dallas, but when I was in college, like, I was able to, to learn and unlearn through different types of programming, you know? And I feel that, like, as an adult, I have that missing but I can get that from therapy, but some people can't get that just because of, like, the identities that they hold and the identities that, like, a therapist might or might not hold, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's important. I think finding the right therapist is really important. Someone that you click with and someone that, you know, is at least culturally sensitive or aware, um, you know. And, I mean, honestly, like if you could find someone that holds some of your identities as well mm-hmm. is really helpful but yeah i think it's like it's really hard because there's like a lack of bipoc like therapists and stuff so it's it's a problem but i also wanted to say that like i think there are different like different modes of healing um you know i don't think that it always has to be therapy because for some people like therapy doesn't work and sometimes even for like people of color like we have to do like therapy and like a community like community care right and so like sometimes even just therapy isn't enough either right so like support groups um therapy groups might be a helpful thing um sometimes just even like a lot of the healing um you know, if you're connected to kind of old ways of healing, right, like indigenous ways that were lost or whatever, and you're reconnecting in that way, there might be different things that you can do in that in that sense. Um, so, I don't know. yeah, I think the bare minimum for the world should be coping mechanisms. 
you're not gonna get therapy that's fine find a way to cope with shit or at least figure out those things like you know how there's a bare minimum for a lot of things in life like there should be a bare. yeah that's like that should be the bare minimum and, and i'm not saying like yeah pussy way but yeah no but no yeah pussy for nosotros way, but for other gente no like some people know. be like be like okay let me i don't know how to talk about my feelings right Mm -hmm. we need to be able to know how to do that too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so that yes those and those go together right because you gotta know yourself to be able to communicate what you know about yourself so like cool you don't you don't want therapy that's fine but like we're all fucked up people so let's find out yeah Let's figure out why we're fucked up and then not put that fucked up shit on other people yeah. because that's really where the harm lay, lies, right? Yeah. It's like you're putting, you're passing this on and then now we're fucked up. Look, look at us. How many generations are we down here? Yeah. <laughs> and we're all types of fucked up and it's not, it's not, it's not, I mean, it's our, no, okay. I'm not putting blame on anybody. Point is, <laughs> it's not our fault that we're fucked up in regards to certain things, right? That we're now trying to figure out, we're now trying to not pass yeah. on to our next people because the people before us fucked us up man anyways um what are some of y'all's favorite sections of the guide because i wanted to talk about a really fun one you can go first which is a shift in what we're talking about (laughs) (laughs) but i loved how they incorporated the sex and pleasure activism Mm. part to it because not many guides talk about like hey like um you you know and even though it's in regards to sa and like dv like sex can still be a pleasurable healing thing when you learn to like own it for yourself and you learn to um kind of rewire that in your brain so i love that they still included a part about like sex and pleasure activism um which is another book if people didn't know and that's a really good book it's also got some stuff so so also trigger warning because it's got some stuff that you have to like sit with mm-hmm. um but i really appreciated um that they talked about masturbation and consensual sex and like letting your body um accept pleasure in a healthy and loving way right especially as a person who's going through um who's trying to heal from that trauma right we we know that our bodies sit with a lot of the trauma that we've encountered and so kind of rewiring it and having a guide to re- help you rewire that was very beautiful to me yeah i think that that's important i i really appreciated that too i did notice that because i feel like sometimes when we talk about um healing especially under you know the umbrella of sa right it's kind of like the the topic of like re-engaging in intimacy and and sex and and what that is like and the impact of that sometimes doesn't get addressed and so i really liked that too that it was like oh okay well like this trauma happened it happened to be sexual trauma right so like there's still ways that you can engage in that healing work um you know in terms of intimacy and sex and you know so i i really liked that And there's even a part that says, like, I want you, but I'm triggered, right? So it, like, shows you how to talk about that, which I think is also very difficult to talk about just as a, you know, as people who have SA trauma or DV trauma, like, we understand, we know, we know, um, but sometimes their partners don't know. And so I think it's beautiful that they were able to kind of show like a step-by-step thing, which it doesn't always have to follow that way, but it's important to be able to give language to these things, especially in very, very intimate situations that people are scared that they'll be, they're like, oh, you just, you don't actually want me. You're just using your trauma as an excuse, which, you know, things like that. And so, se me fue el train. Um... (laughs) No, but I can add a little bit there. I feel that, like, having language sometimes is really important because sometimes we don't even know that, like, people are pushing boundaries of consent or pushing boundaries about, like, comfortability when we don't even know that this is something that we can 
claim as something that we need to set up a boundary about I don't know if that made sense like thinking about like because I'm thinking about this and I don't know why this is what this surface but I think a lot about like when I think about sex right at the beginning when like I was coming to terms with like my queerness there was a lot of guilt associated with me having sex with women because i'm just like i would grew up catholic so i was just like i'm not supposed to be doing this like this is not something that i'm supposed to be engaging in according to catholicism right um and even some of this language i'm just like being able to take time and be like where is like this uncomfortable like where is this guilt coming from and being able to process through that guilt to be able to then see like sex and pleasure like outside of sort of the ways that religion says that sex and pleasure must exist you know so it's just like even this is giving language to that that I'm just like oh like I feel like it's language can also be like a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. or like a way that we cope and process through things um I guess that's what I was trying to say. But, you know, rant and then we, we get to what I was trying. I was like, maybe this is more simply how I was trying to say it. That's okay. At least you finished your sentences, unlike me. So it's fine. I, I'm following you. Um, yes, yeah, he had a comment. It's gone now. It's like it came in a form of a cough. It was yeah. like we were supposed to interpret that somehow. <laughs> Yes, you were. I don't <laughs> oh, like... no. <laughs> I'm dying. I don't know. We we can see it. I don't know. The, the, yeah, listeners, the listeners. They can't see me. See it. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. fine. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Anyways, at the end, there's a, there's a healing plan, which mm-hmm. again, right? All this language being given around these things, which I think... I tend to share this guide with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, slightly biased because it's she's one of my friends, the one, one of the the sisters that helped create it. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's because it's such a good freaking guide. Like these things are not common sense to us, right? Um, and so I think this guy does such a good job of trying to normalize uh, this type of approach and healing that I just I share with a lot of people. Anytime somebody's like, I'm stressed, I'm like, here you go. <laughs> I'm anxious, here you go. Like, I'm depressed, here you go. Like, even if it's not a catch-all, it's not like a... I'm not saying this is going to fix everybody's life. It's a great first step to gaining self-awareness, to gaining coping skills, right? To learning the communication that we've been talking about that we all apparently lack. Um, even if you're not in that trauma world, because I think for us, like, at least for me and Evelyn, like, we're in this world, so I think for us it's common sense. For some others it isn't. And Maria Jose, I'm not assuming you're not, but you know what I'm saying. No, you're just, like, being like, no sabe nada. That's what you're telling me. (laughs) No. No. You do, but you know what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. No, and I think it's, like, it definitely, like, I feel like, again, like, it's giving, like, different levels or types of... I'm not going to say levels because that, like, inherently, like, like, invokes, like, hierarchies, right? But I feel like it gives you different types of, like, coping skills, like, whether big or whether small, that, like, you can begin to slowly incorporate into your day, right? Similarly to what I shared earlier, like, following pages on Instagram isn't that much that's going to take out of your day, but on any given day that some of these posts might come up on your feed, it might change your perspective or it might make you reflect on something, right? Or even, like, it recommends things like yoga or, like, meditation, right? It gives you books. Like, it gives you a lot of things to pick and choose from because something else that, like, I offer to people that my therapist offered to me, right, is that, like we have to try on our coping skills right Mm -hmm. when I get anxiety like I don't use the same coping skills that I do versus when I'm sad or I'm trying to process through something uncomfortable like anger right or jealousy I don't have the same coping skills um so it's just like we have to try on different coping skills to see what fits the given thing that we're trying to process through Mm -hmm. and all of that is a process and it requires you to be like vulnerable with yourself and honest with yourself about what you need and what's helping you you know because it's like 
We can only put a face mask on for so many times before it does not actually help us, you know? Mm -hmm. Or maybe we need to switch up the face mask, right? So, like, stuff like that, like, small things, big things. Like, it's all things that we have to try on and see. Um, and the more we know about coping skills, the more, like, tools we have in our tool belt to then be able to be, like, I'm going to pull out this tool because I think that this is going to help me this time, you know? But if mm -hmm. we have an empty tool belt, we, we don't know what to do, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. yeah and if it doesn't work then you sh check it and you move on to the next thing yeah you try right a different thing yeah. like that's okay too yeah and things Sorry, change too i mean with like even just with the pandemic like i knew my previous coping skills were working great and then the pandemic happened and they were not working anymore so you know like figuring that out too of you know, changing the coping strategies that you're using to reflect what's going on in our world too, like that, you know. Yeah. And realizing sometimes, like, we don't have the capacity to do a lot of stuff like we used to too. So, like, figuring that out as well is important. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think something this – I don't know if this guy does it, but I think something – Again, I'm biased, so ignore me. Um, <clears throat> I just know her as a person, so, like, it's kind of... It influences um, the guy to me, but there's healthy, unhealthy, middle-ish, healthy, right, coping skills. Yeah. Um, sometimes that means punching shit in a safe way, right? Like, that, for me, sometimes that can be a healthy thing. Um, <clears throat> as long as it's safe, as long as I'm not harming myself or others, from my point of view, that can be healthy, right? For others, it's mm -hmm. not. So I think it's also like we should probably be aware of the shame that comes with with using different coping yeah. strategies. Is that what you were gonna say? Yeah, I think that's what she <laughs> okay. was gonna say. Or yeah, like, I'll use like another example, like. I feel like here is very common that we know that, like, I engage in, like, 420 activities. But, like, for sometimes, like, I told my therapist, I was just like, is that a problem? And she's just like, well, it just depends, like, the relationship with you have that you have with using it. Like, if you're mm -hmm. using it to avoid mm -hmm. and you're distracting all the time, then maybe it's, like, if it treads into that territory, it's not healthy. Yeah. But if it's a very much of like you need to chill out and it's like a you need it for like an immediate response, right? So that you can continue to process through things. She's just like that's like different. So it's also depends on like the way that you're coming to things, right? Mm -hmm. And the way that those things make you feel at the end, right? And whether or not like and that's why I say like the honesty part comes in, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I was like, I'm going to honestly say that sometimes I've used it in a way to continue to stay numb so that I can continue to be productive. Like I continue, I need to, sometimes I do use it as numbing. And she's like, well, maybe if we're always being numb, we're never getting back to our center, you know? Mm -hmm. So then mm -hmm. that's when she's like, maybe like we need to be able to always come back to our center. Um, and it's like, I think about it in that way, like all coping skills have the capacity to be like a deter or something that's moving you forward to growth but it just depends on how you're using uh, utilizing it or whether like you're really just using it as an excuse to engage in your avoidant behaviors mm -hmm. which for mm -hmm. me it's really easy for me to be like i'm a paint to distract and then i'm like painting for seven hours and then i get stressed because i didn't do my fucking homework like you know what i mean like maybe in that <laughs> case it's not the best thing <laughs> but your painting is beautiful anyway um thank you, thank you. and sometimes like there's expirations to coping skills i've had a coping skill for the last fucking 30 years and that shit expired recently and i was like that's rude I don't appreciate that me. How about you keep numbing yourself, right? I use TV as an avoidant. Um, I'm very good at just... TV turns my mind off. It's so good. Like, even though, like, sometimes whatever we're watching, like, makes me engage in conversation or whatever, I'm really good at using TV to turn my mind off. And it's normally something I've already watched. And because me. I know what's coming, it's me. easy to... Yeah. To be like, oh, I'm yep. going to cry next. I'm going to, right? Like, whatever. Yeah. And so I use TV to do that. 
and recently it doesn't work anymore. My brain has been like, ha ha ha, it's been 30 years, bitch. I know, I know your trick and has now learned to like still, still go over the TV now. And so now I'm like, shit, now I gotta deal with my stuff because my avoidant um, trick isn't working anymore. So that's a thing too. Like coping skills can expire and now you know i'm choosing to confront my fucking shit but mm. Mm. but sometimes <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand why we're laughing but <laughs> i know i i cope with you know sometimes humor is my coping skill and sometimes it's oh, not same. the best because i'm just like some groups of friends like are really serious they're like don't joke around about that and i'm like i'm sorry and then other groups of friends are like enable me so i'm just like i'm like i can never win same i i laugh at all the wrong things it's okay (laughs) she's laughing me me exactly so anyways but the point is don't wait 30 years to figure your shit out yeah start young Do y'all want to share maybe a coping skill that we find useful as we close the episode out? Uh, We don't have to either. That's also mine. (laughs) No, we can. Just give me a minute to think about it. Okay, okay. I can share mine. I feel that like sort of what I shared, like um, I like to paint. Sometimes like painting something that is completely new can be very overwhelming. So, like, I just have, like, crafts that I can do. So, like, whether I'm making, like, a bracelet or whether I'm just, like, painting, like, or coloring in a coloring book. Something that's going to distract me um, in that way. And then it allows me to then be able to process through feelings while I'm doing the activity. Showering and crying also works really well for me. I'm a water sign, so I embrace crying. I think crying and tears can be very, very healing, especially because sometimes you don't even have the language to talk to yourself about what you're going through. But crying allows you to physically release that energy that is making you super overwhelmed or anxious or whatever. So I embrace that. And like similar to you, I'll put on a show that I know will trigger me to cry so Mm -hmm. that I like I feel that like I feel better about doing it not that you need that um but sometimes you know like I do like that to soothe my crying in the background um so I encourage that as well (laughs) it's like predictive crying like you're like Mm -hmm. I know it's coming Mm -hmm. and I need to cry but my body's not letting me so I'm gonna force myself to cry and watch and watch O'Malley die again on Grey's Anatomy That show makes me cry all. I use that in college, bro. I would sit in my dark ass room with all the lights turned off, and I'm just like crying to Grey's Anatomy. But it works. It works. It works. Yep. (laughs) She's so good. Shonda's so good at making us cry. (laughs) Anyways, um, I've actually recently started getting back into journaling, and it's thanks to a friend. Um. And sometimes I journal to death, yo. I'm like, I've written this 15 times <laughs> and it's not hurt. It's not working. But I I've, I think I've started to like use it as a progress thing where I see myself like kind of, it's kind of like, you know, in pictures when you're like a little kid, you're like, oh, look, I've grown and changed. It's like that. Um, and so I've gotten more back into journaling recently. Every time I feel anxious or stressed, um, and I don't need to share it with anybody, I journal about it, and I write things down, even if they sound crazy, even if they sound um, fucked up, I write them down, and then I read them, right? Uh, and then I'll go back, and I will see if I still feel that way, like three months ago or something. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't. Um, and sometimes I like write things down. I recently wrote something down, And I was like, wow, is that really what's in my brain? (laughs) Because it was like all these things that we make up in our head, right? But seeing it written out, I think, makes my brain kind of like open my eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just kind of like fucks you up a little bit. So that's kind of what I've been trying to do. Uh, And I also read... Um, which sometimes could be a numbing thing. It'll be an avoidant, like, ooh, 
academics is something I'm good at, so I'm going to read something academic and ignore my thoughts. But at the same time, it's also engaging my brain and it's not completely shutting me off. So it's like a middle. Uh, so I read um, as a coping mechanism. I think those are the only two things that I do. I still use a TV, but that's not... It's not helpful yeah. anymore. I just, I still do it. It's just, you know, <laughs> You're like, I still try, work. but it's not helpful. Yeah, for me, I think it's changed a lot. I, uh, yeah, like, I've always been really, like, introspective and, like, reflective. So I feel like sometimes if I, journaling used to work, but then I would, like, get super, like, introspective and it would just, like, spiral out of control. Um, so that was not helpful for me and I haven't journaled ever since I kind of got into that. Um, but when, um, TV does work every now and then, I do know that I use it to like avoid a lot of the times. So I try not to do that. But, um, playing The Sims, that's one that helps me. And not really even playing the game, just like building things, <laughs> like building homes is what helps me um and then also just like talking to people um that's like one of the things that is helpful is is hard for me to do with like is be, be vulnerable with people um but it does help me like get things out and process and have sometimes like a back-to-back -back, like conversation about it so that's been good and then um also just like food food is always healing for me oh uh, yes yes yeah. <laughs> like, i totally food. forgot about food. <laughs> <laughs> and um like you know um being outside like the sun and the trees something that i was gonna offer um if people don't like to write journaling i do like you know how like jersey shore has the confessional videos that they do oh yeah like during the show um one of my gamma kids like shared that she does sort of like confessionals or like video diaries um and i do them on snapchat so that like at the end of the month like when i get like my recap for the month i can see like the different stages of reflection that i've engaged in so I think that, like, talking to myself in front of a screen is sometimes, like, better to me than journaling. Um, so, yeah, because also I feel like with journaling, I got super introspective as well. And it was, like, really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, like, I just need to, like, let the thought go and I record myself so that, like, I'm just, like, how many times have I come back to similar thoughts? And, like, I sort mm. of have, like, that track mm -hmm. record, like, on my phone of, like, these are all the reflections I've engaged in. Because I'm also really bad at, like, keeping myself accountable to, like, setting up boundaries. So mm -hmm. if, like, issues come up repetitively, I'm just, like, I really need to make sure that I solidify a boundary so that I no longer go through this, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a really good idea. Cool. Just, like, another one out there. Yeah, that's really <laughs> yeah. cool. Yeah, no, I talk to, um, obviously, I have my group therapy, so they, like, help me out a lot in processing things. But I also talk to um, Zach, my partner, because sometimes I think I get into, like, this, like, introspective spiral of, like, you know, like, who am I? Like, yeah. what am I doing yeah. with my life? Like, oh, I, like, I'm not All doing the time. enough. You know, like, I'm not doing enough. And then, like, just having him, like, be like, actually, you're doing this, 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 and this. And, and then I'm like, oh, my God, like, you're right. You're right. So He's like, actually, you're doing too much. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. Slow down. Yeah. yeah. You need to, yeah. <laughs> I also feel that, like, sometimes even, like, scheduling out some coping and some self-care is important. Because mm -hmm. at least for me, like, I'm always on the go. So sometimes I just forget to be thankful and three months go by and I'm just like dang I survived a lot like I should be thankful for everything I survived instead of beating myself up for stuff that I haven't you know mm -hmm. so even sometimes like I know this is like a lot but like the calendars on my phone is like my best friend mm -hmm. so like I'll schedule I'm just like the first Sunday of every month I have to paint like every two three weeks I schedule some time to like reflect and be thankful and I know that, like, sometimes that's not something that's for people, but I'm so busy that sometimes they generally, it's not that I don't want to cope or engage in, like, a self-care activity. Is that, like, I forget and it goes over my brain, you know, mm -hmm. to even do that. So you have to schedule it in. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, nothing fine. wrong with that. Mm -hmm. You're a busy hoe. <laughs> 
unfortunately i'm like Ugh. <clears throat> well yeah. this was fun thank you for coming to our ted talks um and always remember children healing is not linear no yep uh check this check out the reading we'll post mm-hmm. it somewhere most likely soon hopefully soon yes um keep sharing our link Keep telling your friends, keep listening, keep engaging. And rate us on all of the platforms so that the platforms know to push us out to more people. See, rate us high, not low. Don't be rude. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) We will block you if you leave anything lower than five stars. No, no. No, no, I'm just kidding. Give us your honest opinion. Give us your honest feedback. We encourage that here. Yes. Yeah. Engage in discussion. Maybe if you give us a one, we'll bring you up here and be like, why? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just Imagine. I'll be like, confrontation. No, no, I'm You're so like, sad. listen. Why? <laughs> Tell me your. Exactly. Let's t- no. <laughs> no. We're like, no. no. We're but, not doing it. We want to be a safe space. Yeah. I mean, if we do that, it'd be in a safe way of like, what's going on? Why do you not yeah. like us? Not in like an attack you way. Yeah, no, no, no. no but, no. okay. See y'all next time. This was another episode of No Palabras Podcast. Thank you to our listeners for joining us. Make sure to catch us every two weeks for new episodes. Subscribe and rate us. Also, follow us on Instagram at nopalabras.pod for updates and to continue the conversation. If you have questions, comments, and or book suggestions, you can email us at nopalabraspodcast at gmail.com. See y'all next time here at No Palabras Podcast, where we are a veces sin palabras, pero siempre palabreando con amor. <laughs>